2: Welcome, all you rockers, rockets, and everything in between. This is another installment of And the Podcast Will Rock. We are the show that dives into the catalog, the discography of one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time, Van Halen. You know how it works if you've tuned in before. If you don't, welcome. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Kamire. With me, as always, Corey Morissette. Corey how you feeling, bud? Never better,
0: never better. I've been looking forward to this show for so long. We got a great guest on tonight. I, I'm I'm coming off a high. I just saw ZZ Top and Cheap Trick in concert for the oh. first time. They put on a tremendous show. Cheap Trick played that '70 song from that '70 show, and they did "She's Tight." They mix up their set list every night. It was a great set list. And to come off that high, to come in here tonight, our 25th show, Michael Anthony recorded a little something for our intro and. Our guest tonight is top-notch.
2: Oh, yes, that's right. Uh, y- wait, let's not let's not bury the lead too hard there. D- d- did you just say the Michael Anthony recorded something for us? <laughs> he did. He did. He promised he would check out the show and, and record <laughs> a little intro for
0: us. So thank you very much, Mr. Anthony, if you're listening. Yes. We are tremendous fans of yours. And uh, convince Sammy to bring Sammy in the circle up to Canada, because I would love to see a Sammy show.
2: I mean, and before you head up to the great white North swing by Nashville, because I can uh, honestly say that I would be thrilled to see Sammy perform live. I would be uh, honored just to tell him that I think so. I'm like, Hey, by the way, I think uh, you are the, uh, the better vocalist for what it's worth, but I'm not (laughs) trying to start any sort of fights. I'm not trying to start anything here because look, we're here to celebrate all of Van Halen, all of it. Uh, Even the, the, the ones we might not be so, incredibly keen on if you tuned in with the show last week you know that uh the (laughs) the last song we talked about was 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 not uh was not our favorite um it was certainly not the one that i'm going to remember for days to come not going to show my potential future children well actually that's not true i probably will just to say like well you see we all go through phases, kids. We all go through phases. We all have to try different artistic uh, endeavors. So more power to them. And uh, even though it wasn't uh, what the dreams were made of for us last week, it was still Van Halen. And we have to appreciate that. We have to celebrate that. It's it's what it's all about. I mean, that's why we're here. Am I right? You're absolutely
0: right. But what do you say? We finally introduce our guest here tonight. He is uh, a podcaster in his own right. He's a a former uh, radio personality. Uh, You might know him from his great articles on the Van Halen News Desk and from his uh, fantastic uh, podcast, Booked on Rock. It's Mr. Eric Senich. Eric, thank you very much for joining us here tonight.
1: Mark and Corey, how are you guys doing? Thanks so much for having me on, man. This is great.
0: It's our absolute pleasure. And it wasn't that long ago when I was sitting in my easy chair, and my Twitter blew up because uh, somebody posted an article on Van Halen News Desk about our dumb little show, and uh, it just exploded. <laughs> and and next thing you know, we're 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 on the Apple charts. We're we're in the top five uh, in America and top twenty in North America. We couldn't believe it, and it's all thanks to you. So thank you very much for uh, the exposure.
1: Oh no! Listen, my pleasure, man. I always I'm a podcaster, as you said, so I always love to to help out my fellow podcasters, but. It's also about Van Halen, you know, and it's, and it's great. I just, I lo- it's such a fun podcast. And so it really was, you know, it, it was my pleasure. So I'm glad, I'm glad it was great to hear that. You've got a lot of subscribers and listeners. So that was very cool. Absolutely.
2: Would it be safe enough to say, Eric, that uh, when it comes to the music of Van Halen, when it comes to sort of behind the scenes even, would you say you're a Van Halen expert? Because <laughs> we get a lot of flack on this show, uh, Corey and I, because so right we, we're, we're not experts and we're not rock historians. And what the hell are we even talking about? These two dumb guys who don't even know the band as people like to say because we're not experts but how about how about you are you the expert because if you are then maybe now we get some credibility with some <laughs> of these people
1: i i can't you know i can't speak for my i let other people decide that i'm going to tell you this greg renoff is the, the van hillen historian okay i love that we the, some of that name caught for greg because you know he he's got some He's got two great books. You guys know about the books. Oh yeah, you know, uh, Van Halen Rising, and he did the book with Ted Templeman. But expert, boy, I don't know. Listen, I just love the band. Uh, I I I have followed the band since nineteen Christmas Eve of nineteen eighty eight. I always tell this story, <laughs> and you know I've read everything I could possibly read on the band. Uh, I listened to the music constantly, and anything that I could find out about the band. I'm all in, so I guess you know I write for the Van Halen news desk. It's pretty much daily. My job is to look <laughs> for Van Halen stuff, so I, I I don't know. I don't I don't know if I feel comfortable calling myself a Van Halen expert, but we'll let the the people decide. But no, you know I, you I did hear you guys talking about the the criticisms, and I was surprised by that because this is an opinion based podcast one, mm-hmm. uh, so I didn't really it wasn't like I was ever picking up and hey they got that wrong uh <laughs> although I will say Corey in your intro if you could just change it to one of the greatest bands of all time to the oh, that's my only gripe
0: my only gripe. gotcha yeah you bet uh
1: but anyway so I but yeah it's an opinion-based podcast and and it's about Van Halen that's all that matters
2: so it's fun it's supposed thank to thank you I'm glad you know? somebody said
1: it yeah so you got there's some great podcasts out there along with with yours, you got Dave and Dave. You got the DLR cast. My friends over there, Darren Palt- uh, Paltrowitz and 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 uh, uh, Steve Roth. And uh, who else do we have? We have some other. Uh, well, God, Dweezil Zappa's podcast is outstanding. You've li- run with the Dweezil. Mm-hmm. You heard, okay,
0: I've heard a couple of those. Yeah, absolutely.
1: You know, so a- any podcast that celebrates the the legacy of Van Halen is good in my books. And uh, I love it, man. You guys pick a song. You guys got a long way to go.
0: That's right. We got 96 songs left on the wheel. And I keep threatening Mark that uh, I'm going to eventually break out a solo wheel that has like so Sammy solo tracks, oh, David Lee Roth Dave's solo song. tracks, maybe some extreme. Uh, I want to get some, some Wolfie on there because we both love <laughs> Mammoth. Oh, yeah. Mammoth Absolutely. WVH is fantastic. That's probably my favorite album in the last five years. Yes. By I'm the way. A- I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, Greg. I was just
2: going to say, like, I'm not afraid of that uh, potential wheel, except for maybe a few potential songs that might come up that I'm like, I don't really want to hear those, but it's fine. It's all good. Uh, but yeah. Go ahead, Eric.
1: Uh, no, well, two things. So Corey, yeah, I, it would be great if he if Sammy and the circle come to Canada, but he is coming around my way. I'm going to see him here in Connecticut, June 10th. Oh, nice. Bridgeport, Connecticut. So I'm looking forward to that. And Wolfie was in New Haven recently. Oh, and I, I might have to bust out my Sammy, New Halen! <laughs> this, this is now New Halen! Uh, and I, I annoy all my friends with that, okay? The, in Connecticut, we have East Haven, West Haven, North Haven. And so somebody will just say, oh, hey, you know, I was the other night, I was in North, uh, blah, blah, blah. It's North Halen," and then they look at me like, Jesus Christ, shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh but anyway so
0: and i, I hear yeah. that and i think yeah, it must weird. be nice to to live in a place where bands come like i know i just had zz top and cheap trek and Alice yeah. Cooper a couple of weeks ago but van halen hardly ever came here and i remember right um it was on the tokyo dome they were promoting that live record uh live at the tokyo dome and they were going to play saskatchewan and then they ended up before they even announced the tour they ended up canceling the whole because i had a friend in radio at the time he's like you're going to want to you know in two weeks they're announcing a tour here in, and it's They're going to play Saskatchewan. I was so excited. And then it ended up not happening. And then of course they never toured again. So I never, ever got an opportunity to see Van Halen.
1: No, that sucks, man. I, yeah. And I know Corey, you said you never had a chance to see him, right?
0: Yeah, that's true. And Mark never. Oh,
2: I'm sorry, Corey, no.
1: Mark, Mark, you, yeah, you never had a chance to see him.
2: No, no, never did. Uh, just, I'm sure that they came to Nashville probably quite a few times in my, in my time, but also just that, the opportunity never came about to go see them. So it just, uh, yeah, never seemed to happen. And Mm. sadly, it just, it, it won't.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, there was nothing like a Van Halen concert. Absolutely nothing like it, especially like the opening 10 seconds, whatever, when the light, the lights go down Mm -hmm. and you hear the Alex and Eddie's kicks in with a guitar and it's just fucking adrenaline, man. I mean, it was, it's, there's just there's something addictive about that sound of of Van Halen that it's it's just this you can't even put into words you know there's something about it uh, but there was a great show in Toronto uh, Corey that was from '95 you've seen that one it's
0: on YouTube yeah yeah I've tried to catch as many concerts on YouTube as I could didn't I? yeah
1: that's a great show and by the way I want there's a great interview another podcast that I forgot to mention, uh, Johnny Bean TV. You guys watch Johnny Beans? Yeah.
0: No, I don't know. What okay.
1: Yeah. Check that out. Cause he, he had um, a guitarist who knew Ed a long, for a long time, uh, Craig Parker Adams. And that one of the things he was the, talking about, I, I did put up an article on it. You can see it. It's called guitarist Craig Parker Adams on following in Eddie Van Halen's footsteps, literally. And the, <laughs> what, what, the, what the headline means is he would, he would, when, when he got to see Van Halen, he had like front row seats and he was watching Eddie's feet, you know, and his body, the way it moved and just like the electricity, you know, that came from right. Eddie's movements. But um, but what he was talking about was like that, undefe- like how do you define the magic uh, of Eddie's sound or even just the Van Halen sound? You can't put into words. It's something, if you're a fan, you know, like i am and i think you guys are there's something Mm -hmm. just addictive about eddie's sound and it it just you just keep coming back to it time and time again which is you know they say legends never die so in a sense you know ed ed will never die i mean he's he's just like hendrix and you know he's physically not here and for those that knew him personally that's you know you can't you can't you can't replace that but his legacy, man, is, is set, but that's why it's so important for podcasts like yours. And uh, you know, for Jeff Hausman running the Van Hillen news desk, you know, Mm and he's, he's been, you know, he had the inside magazine prior to the website and it's just now more than ever, because Eddie's gone. It's just, it's, it's really, you know, the, the fans, you know, we, we got to work hard to keep that legacy going, man. Just tell your friends, family members, you know, kids coming up, you got to listen to this. Like when Eddie, when Eddie died that night, I was downtown in my hometown here and there was a kid who looked like 13, 14 years old. He was riding around on his bike, just, just chilling, you know, just kind of going in circles, just killing time. But he was blasting Van Halen and it, it appeared to me as if he maybe knew about Van Halen or maybe not at all, but just because Eddie passed, he was giving him a listen, you know? That's and, I, and I thought that was cool, man. I just that's thought very that cool. was so cool. Yeah. So that's what you hope is just is because, We talk about Beethoven and Mozart now. That's what, you know, hundred years from now when we're gone, you know, I, I would think they're going to be talking about Eddie, you know, but.
2: As as long as rock music still exists or is still alive in whatever form or fashion, I have to believe that the name Eddie Van Halen, especially when the talk of guitar playing comes about that his name will be uh, uh not even whispered or murmured but talked about and you know passed around like oh so do, do you know Eddie Van Halen you got to listen to this guy listen to what this guy used to do back in the day like listen to all this and how he influenced everything you probably listen to right now like even even if it's uh subconsciously but but you're right though it's it's the the sound of Eddie is what keeps us coming back it's why we do this show i mean it's a it's a band effort for, to be certain but it's it's Eddie Van Halen. It's his sure. sound, it's his tone.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then the rest of the ingredients get put into it to make it what it became. But mm-hmm. that was the other thing I was going to mention, though, real quick. So the, the other thing that I was gonna mention is when, when Eddie was going through that t- tough period there,
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh even Valerie said, you know, uh it was hard to see him uh treating the, the people that he loved, uh, you know, he wasn't he wasn't the same, you know, he was just Mean, kind of mean-spirited, you know, and and just he, he wasn't. Drugs do, do, does that to you. Mm-hmm. It, it takes the best person and turns them into somebody they're not. And she was talking about how it was just great that he was able to come through that period, and then before he passed, he was able to make amends with a lot of those people, and he what he was doing that with Sammy, and he was about to do that with Michael Anthony, and um because there are there are people that that I I've talked to myself that knew Eddie uh, or you read interviews or you see him on YouTube and et cetera. And uh, they just talk about like, what a genuinely nice caring, uh, just a sweetheart of a guy he was like, he would, he would, uh, he would ask people like, how was your day? (laughs) You know, (laughs) what's up? What's up with you? You know, he didn't, I think he struggled with that. He was just a regular dude Mm -hmm. in his mind. He knew he was a a famous in other people's eyes, a famous rock god. You know, he wasn't comfortable with that. But there are people that said, you know, when he would be out on the street and a fan would come up to him and they would just be like, the jaw dropped and like, holy shit, it's Eddie, you know, and he would just stand there and wait and just, you know, when they calmed down, he'd not not just shake their hand, he'd he'd hug them. Mm. You know, that was just so cool. And and then he he would just try to calm the guy down because they're they're (laughs) freaking out. And he's just like, come on, you know?
0: And even when he was going through his troubles in 04, like my buddy Michael who met him backstage before the concert and he really had to pick a piss and all, but he was still, you know, Hey, it's damn glad to meet you. Like, you know, how are you doing? Even Mm -hmm. in that, when he was going at his darkest time, perhaps he was still that just loving, caring individual. And it's just, Wonderful yeah. to hear stories like that.
1: Yeah, it was a, it was a bizarre time when the the '98 Van Hillen three album didn't do good, and uh, and then he hit that dark period. And it it, it was a ho- it was so different because when I was a teenager, the image of Eddie was that that smile, just lovable yeah. guy who just wanted to play. And then the front man, you know, whether it be Sammy or Dave, uh, yeah, you got the shirt with him smiling there. And, you know, and, and he would just kind of sit back and just kind of almost like, you know, especially during the Dave years, just shake his head like, what's he <laughs> fucking doing, you know? But he just, you know, I was just like, whatever. You know, like I remember one time he says, I don't even know what Dave's singing about half the time with his lyrics. You know, it's just, he just wanted to play. So, you know, and he, that was his image. just a lovable guy and he's, hey, you know, and then all of a sudden it changed and then a lot of fingers were pointed his way. It's his fault. you know. He, that's, he's the reason why the band, uh is where it's at and why nothing's happening. And, you know, if only people knew like a lot, a lot of that was like, he was just struggling big time with the cancer. And a lot of mm-hmm. people were like, well, where's the new album? What's he doing? But there's people that know, knew him pretty well that uh, I, th- I think it was Chris Gill. When I interviewed Chris Gill and Brad Talinsky, who have a great book uh, conversations with Eddie Van Halen is the book. He was hit pretty hard by the, the Van Halen three mm-hmm. criticisms and he was kind of bummed by that because that was an album he really wanted to make. He was really proud of. It was something he wanted to do. And uh, he took a while for him to bounce back from that. And then you get into the 2000s with all the file sharing and stuff. And I think he just felt like, why bother? Mm-hmm. But the only reason he came back is because of Wolfgang.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? And you know what? They put out one of their best albums.
1: Uh, oh, a different kind of truth, right?
0: Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Like one of the things, uh, both Mark and I coming into this, not uh, historians or anything. That's an album that both we both kind of alluded. I knew the kind of the big tracks off of it and thought they were they were great and all, but digging deeper into that album is absolutely fantastic. Like that oh, album, yeah. top to bottom, is one of their absolute best. Absolutely, and the, some of the songs that
1: see I always thought that um, "Blood and Fire" would have been the perfect lead single. Oh yeah. Blood and Fire. Dave's singing about all that stuff that they went through to get where they were at that time, and it's a great song, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I love Dave's line. Uh, I told you I'd be back. Right.
0: <laughs> I love it. No, we, we we have the unofficial Van Halen expert on here. Uh, we got to <laughs> ask about the song Chinatown because yeah. Mark speculated that maybe David Lee Roth was watching Big Trouble in Little China when he went and wrote the lyrics for that one. Do you know what Chinatown's about? Chinatown, uh, no, I don't, let me think now. Chinatown,
1: what's, um? oh boy, I'm trying to think. There's a lyric, what is it? Headless, uh, headless body in a topless bar, right? That's from Chinatown, isn't it?
2: That sounds about right, yeah. Yep.
1: And that's from an actual New York, uh New York newspaper headline. You got that. Yep. But Chinatown, I I would think, but I don't know this for sure. But this is, I think, his connection to while he lived in New York City. But uh, yeah, I don't there's really I don't know if there's much on that song as far as yeah, Headless Body and Topless Bar, Warring Clans and Lowered Cars. That's the lead lyric. Yeah. Uh and that and, and Dave would do a lot of that stuff. He would read a headline or he'd over overhear somebody say something and he would jot it down still does jots it down and says, ah, there's a lyric, you know, um, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of Dave's lyrics. You know, there's, you got to kind of read in between, Oh, you got to decode it,
2: (laughs) (laughs) decode it the best you possibly can. And then sometimes you're just, you know, you're off the mark. I was so sure he, uh, was, was inspired by big trouble in little China. Boy, was I wrong? Yeah. I
1: mean, it it could be L. Well, no, I, who knows, right? But yeah. it could be it. It could refer to Los Angeles too. I mean, there is a a district in Los Angeles, Chinatown.
0: It's um, true, yeah. But um, it's just one of my favorites from a different kind of
2: truth. Oh, it's so it's a good one, yeah,
1: it, yeah. It's it's got that opening uh, with Eddie and Wolf together simultaneously, yeah. which, by the way, was something that Eddie had done to open Hopford for Teacher uh, in the studio with himself playing bass. And guitar at the same time. And and I that might be in the in the 5150 vaults somewhere.
0: That would be amazing. Yeah. That
3: but
1: um you gotta decode Dave's lyrics like you have to decode his quote that he gave to us.
0: Yes, let's talk about that. I've been diving into this. We we talked about uh and this was big news a couple of weeks ago. We've alluded to it a couple of times on the show, but uh Jason Newstead kind of dropped a bombshell that he was talking to Alex Van Halen about yep. some sort of uh, a tour. Uh, not necessarily Van Halen because uh, Wolfgang is, you know, and everybody agrees Van Halen kind of died with Eddie, but some way to maybe honor the legacy of Eddie Van Halen going on the road with Alex and maybe David Lee Roth and David Lee Roth said, you know, you got to throw pink in there. That was interesting. But uh, Joe Satriani, maybe Steve Lukather uh, from Toto Um, kind of a huge bombshell to just drop. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts, Eric, on uh, what you think uh, about uh, that whole situation. Well, yeah, the the pink
1: thing is, 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 Tongue-in-cheek, that's Dave being tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's what Joe Satriani said. These types of things go on behind the scenes a lot, and they're kept secret for a reason, because they may not lead to anything. And so it's kind of that, it's the code of, of musicians, like, don't talk about that, because mm. it might not happen. And um, and so Jason, New said, when he said that, actually we, we didn't run with that right away because again, it's, it it could just be nothing. It may lead to nothing. But when Satriani then followed with his comments on that podcast, uh, and I apologize to the person who who was that podcast. We want to give him credit. If we can look it up. But um, when Joe Satriani commented on it and said, yeah, you know, we've been talking. So that's when I, I called Jeff Hausman, you know, and I said, uh, well, we got to do something. <laughs> so we discussed it, you know, and, and he was, you know, he reached out and got the quote from Dave and, um, you know, then it blew up even more, but, you know, it's just like, like Satran, said, you know, this may not amount to anything. It's not a reunion, right? It's a tribute, whether it be a full tour or a series of shows, uh, who knows, but I think it was just one of those things, you know, Alex probably was just reaching out to people he knew. And because look, that because of COVID, they never had that, they would never had that real closure. They were, they, they weren't able to do anything. They couldn't play a show or have a tribute concert or anything. So I think Alex was probably playing around with that idea, but you know, Newstead, he was pissed off at that reporter, but I don't, she was just doing her job. She just asked him questions and he answered the questions and he when he drops that bomb.
2: Like, you can't well, not go after yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So,
1: but you know, and also the headline of, of that article the Florida newspaper didn't even mention anything about Van Halen, the headline. So it was all the other uh, outlets that had run with it. Uh, and, and so I, I don't think it was fair to throw her on the butt. He actually disinvited her to the show, Jason News said.
2: Bitter. Well, the
1: reporter. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I, I don't and, get that. He's like, I'm never doing an interview again, but I don't think you have to do that. Cause Jason, New said from, from, by all accounts is a really cool guy. Yeah. It's just, you just, just why not just say, he was saying, he was asked about, uh, has he either, he brought it up or the reporter said, have you been asked to, to be part of any projects, you know, over the years? Said, oh yeah. You know, I have, and he, he didn't have to say the names. He could have no. said, yeah, I have. And I really can't say who, but uh, he did, and um, yeah, it was all the other outlets that really just ran with it. Um, I wouldn't want want to be on the other end of that phone call with Alex.
3: <laughs> no <kidding>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want, you know. Yeah. But Satriani, you know, put he 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 was great about it. He was very classy about it, and just said, you know, I, we'll see. Yeah. So there's there's no guarantee of anything like that happening. A lot of those things just. Uh, It would be great. Now I would love to see a tribute. Okay. But the idea of Wolfgang being part of this reunion, it ain't happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For for the people that haven't heard him say it like a hundred times, you know, he's, he's not going to do that. He's got his own thing and his father wouldn't ever want him to just step into his shoes and and replace him on guitar. I mean, if anything, maybe he would show up for a tribute. Uh, If there is a tribute tour, he would maybe show up or something, but, Um, yeah, I mean, Dave's quote is basically, you know, here, the other thing is, you know, hopefully what's going on with Dave, because he had said, I'm retiring. My last shows, you know, were to be around new year's Mm -hmm. and then those were canceled because of COVID. So was this plan in place before he announced his retirement? You know, hopefully Dave's okay. There's all this talk about, is he okay physically? Because that audio message he put out there was kind of a little dark you know
3: yeah
1: Mm -hmm. is he okay so we i just hope dave's okay and um if it were to happen Dave's saying basically in in the era of COVID, if this were to happen you'd need three people for every role in the band and i think he was just basically trying to say look if if this is going to happen you're going to have to have multiple players to make this happen you're going to have to have some people that that are going to you're going to have to have interchangeable parts and you know, if it does happen, we'll see.
2: I mean, that's, that's a, a, a smart way to go about it just in case, yeah, things do happen. And, you know, let's face it, the, the remaining members are not spring chickens themselves. And, you know, any, anything could happen. He could get uh whacked in the head again with a microphone or something and just, uh, be, <laughs> just be bleeding profusely. And is like, sorry, I can't finish the show. Uh, well, here's my understudy. And then, you know, it's, Hey, it's somebody famous. Uh, something like that. That would be cool to see though. I would, I would be very, very excited to see some sort of tribute show with, uh, with members of the, of the band, uh, from the, from prior years or what have you, uh, come on in and do a new set or not a new set, but a set full of classic tunes that we all know and love. It would be a fun time. It would be a really fun time, but you know, what's even more of a fun time our show where we spin the wheel and pick a song, Corey, oh, baby, Corey, I think it's, I think it's time. I think it's time to spin this wheel. And I, I mean, I'm angry at this wheel for what it did <laughs> to us last week oh, Yeah. and, and, oh, uh, and, and she knows it. So <laughs> I, I, so I, I, I don't have a lot of high hopes normally on the show, Eric, what we do, I try to ask Corey if there's a song or if there's a particular album from the band that he wants to manifest and bring forth that the wheel might uh uh, you know bestow upon us uh i i'm going to withdraw my manifestation because i don't think it's going to come to fruition and i'm i'm bitter at the wheel but eric i'll ask you since you're our guest is there a particular van halen song that you wish to hear that you wish to see the wheel spin for you or is it uh in a broader sense, is there a particular album you'd like to hear a song from?
1: I knew you were going to ask me this. <laughs>
2: it's what I do. Damn you.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I, I, to be fair, I think, am I allowed, do I have to pick one song or one album, or can I just say one Sammy song and one Dave song? Or
0: You can do a Sammy and a Dave song. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, okay. Well, you already, you guys already did the, the song, the Sammy era song that I would have loved to talk about, Judgment Day. So, Judgment, and you guys had an episode on that. was episode 22. Kelsey was a guest. By the way, you guys have had great guests, man.
2: Great and we do. We've been lucky. Yeah.
0: Kelsey just, uh, we thought, it, how cool would it be to get a, because uh, we're both like old men listening to Van Halen. She's <laughs> a, a very young woman. I thought it'd be really cool to get her perspective because she's a huge Van Halen yeah. fan. And obviously mm. she missed a lot of this stuff because she's very, very young. And she gave a great perspective, I thought, uh, on that song.
1: Oh, she's straight, Absolutely. legit fan. and But by the end of that episode, it was cool because at the beginning, I can't remember who was like, eh, you know, I never really liked that song. And then by the end, it was like, you know what, this is a great song. And that song, when I first, it was a good song when it came out in 91, became great as the years went on. And now, I just, I can't stop. I've listened to it like 10 times within the last few weeks after that episode. Um, but that's already been taken. So I would say... And you guys can tell me if these ones are taken, but I guess Dave era. Oh boy. It'd have to be something from, Oh no, I know what it would be. I would say I, I would go with, have you done light up the sky yet?
0: No, it actually no, we almost hit it last week. Okay. It was the song on the wheel right before yeah. how many say I, so we almost <laughs> hit it.
1: Okay. Light, uh, light up the sky from the Dave era, I think, and then for the Sammy era, I would say, since Judgment Day was already done, I, I got to say Cabo Wobble. Oh, good yeah. yeah.
2: You haven't done it yet? No. We haven't yet, but we, <laughs> we, that was another one that we, we almost maybe got. Yeah. Very you know, close. like
1: Romeo Delight is another Dave era one I love. Oh, it's great. But, I mean, of course, the hits, you know, the non-hits I love talking about, you know, the ones yeah. that mm-hmm. weren't all over the radio, you know? <laughs> um yeah, so let's well, see what we go. get. We get, and I, and by the way, listeners, this is this is legitimately like the guest doesn't find out until they're on. I th- <laughs> I thought it'd be like the old school, like uh, Tonight Show with Johnny Carson days, where like the you had the questions ahead of time, and then you pretended like you didn't know the question was coming. Yeah, I have no idea what you guys are picking. So
2: had, I mean, we had to tweet out the wheel spin like every every time we do an episode, uh, the we tweet out the wheel because people still don't believe that we spin this wheel and just go. Yeah, um, I didn't believe it was a wheel. Wheel. Yeah, exactly. They're like there's no and, wheel. Like no there's to, legit a wheel.
1: There's a legitimate wheel. Props to Greg De Pasquale. De Pasquale. Is it De Pasquale? De Pasquale. De Pasquale. Yeah, Greg, you uh you had yeah, that was a tough pick <laughs> with how many say so yeah, yeah, I dodged a bullet there. So Greg my condolences but he wants to come back on again he should we owe it to he him. he
2: should we we yeah, definitely owe him. him he was a, he was a trooper for that episode even though he was not keen on that song either no. uh but Corey, i'll ask you do you have a song or an album you want to manifest tonight you know after we've been talking about a different kind of truth like blood and fire we haven't done
0: if we spun <sighs> that tonight oh that'd be amazing and and uh for a mm. sammy tune uh, i'm still in that for unlawful kind of mood <laughs> and oh i would love me
2: some run around tonight if we if we yeah. saw that one love that track careful what you wish for because there's some for unlawful stuff you don't like and the wheel is being fickle so <laughs> just saying all right but uh, the
1: wheel right in front of me and yep. very impressive you've got the wheel in eddie's red black and white colors
0: of mm-hmm. course yeah I you gotta keep it on the broadcast and not have the colors right my gosh all right, I'm gonna shuffle it a couple times. Just yeah. Make sure we're on the up and up. What do you say, Mark? Should we give it a spin?
2: Let's hear it for the boy. Here we go!
0: Here we go. We're coming up. Oh my god, it's one you picked.
3: Oh, oh get it out! Is. Get
0: out! Wobble, for what you Wobble, Wobble. Do. Wobble. Nice. I
1: swear to you, to everybody listening, I did not fix this. This is not no. fixed.
0: <laughs> oh that's amazing you that bet is, the is the yeah. that's incredible you... <laughs> i'm so excited <laughs> <laughs> fantastic maybe tell us a little bit about cabo wabo since uh you know much more about van halen than we do Aaron. yeah yeah sammy
1: wrote, uh, sammy wrote this when he when they just purchased uh in uh, cabo san lucas it was like a, a dead town like nothing it was just a ghost town and uh that he decided that uh with the guys in the band they wanted to start a club there and um because he I th- sammy had been there before and he just he loved the the area and so one day he he saw this this guy he was drunk walking down the street and he was just you know he couldn't couldn't keep his balance and and he said to uh i, I believe he said to it might have been his his now wife Kari or somebody look at that guy he's doing the Cabo wobble you know, cause he had been drinking some, some of that tequila. And so that's where the song came up and Eddie had the music. And I believe that Eddie played the music for Sammy over the phone. I want to say, and Sammy came up with the lyrics and all that. So uh, here come the emails. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, that, that was it. Yeah. It was, it was just, Sammy noticed that and off they went, man. And this is such a great, this is uh, what's the length of the song? It's a pretty, Really long Sammy era song, isn't it? This one clocks in at what?
0: Uh oh, let's bring it up here real quick. Th- I think seven minutes actually. Yeah. Oh yeah, boy. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And this is this is that Sammy era groove. A lot of these songs have have a groove to them during the Sammy era that is really cool. And this is uh, you know, you could hear that this, this is the influence, the Eric Clapton, cream era influence. I think you can hear on this Good. with Eddie. I would say,
3: mm-hmm.
1: absolutely, um, yeah, yeah. It was a
0: live favorite back in '88, right? They played it for most yeah. of that tour, if I remember correctly. Yeah,
1: I love ou too. I know a lot of people don't like it. I know the production has always taken a lot of hit. People want to, they want to see it remixed, remastered, mm-hmm. and that that's definitely the case. I I agree with that. But I love the variety on the album. I just, yeah, you know, it's right around the time I became a fan too. It's a little bit of a personal connection to it, but. It's a great Mm. album, man.
0: Oh, totally. We did uh,
2: AFU uh, on an episode in. Yes, that's right. That was recently.
1: Oh my god, yeah, yeah, great tune.
2: One of my favorite songs uh, from the Van Halen catalog comes from this album. So, uh, and we have we haven't hit it yet. I'm looking forward to that day. But are you gonna tell us what it is? finish what you started oh there you go the okay. best talk about blue balls ever written <laughs> 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 also yes <laughs> but uh but yeah it's uh cabal wabbo this eric brought it into existence here it is Am the first
1: it's ever like had a
2: Yes,
0: uh, a request uh, come come to fruition. as We yes. had
2: uh, Mark's yeah. girlfriend uh,
0: uh, manifested an album, but not. Yeah, the she exact manifested track
2: the record. album. So that was the <sighs> one time, one other time where it w- we got close uh, to a full manifestation. But you are the first to literally <laughs> call out the song, and here it is. You no, know, we're is
0: recording right. this on May fourth. The uh, the Van Halen force is very strong with Eric Sennett. May <laughs> the fourth he, be with you. He May manifested the, the exact song he wanted. That is oh. amazing.
1: And happy birthday, Alex! His
0: birthday's coming up. Oh, that's- oh, hello, yes. yeah, yeah, happy Alex. All awesome. right, boys, what do you say? Should we spin Cabo Wabo from OU Eight One Two? Grab
2: yourself ahead. a shot of tequila, your best tequila, Cabo Wabo, if you have it, and uh, join us on this journey. Yes, Corey, let's start the song.
0: Oh my god! Like you, you talked about <laughs> yeah. the production, Erica, on this album, that that sounds fucking fantastic. Oh baby, oh baby! You guys know the
1: Montrose song "Make It Last." Mm-hmm. Okay, because that that's the influence musically on this one. Right, Sammy a little bit was, of a
0: melody in there, right?
1: Right. Sammy yeah. was telling Eddie, "Think about Montrose, make it last," and Eddie loved Montrose. He loved Ronnie Montrose's sound, and and that's that's where listen to those two songs, and you hear where it comes from. So. Yeah, man, what a what a tone on the guitar! Beautiful.
2: Beautiful. I love the uh, he's got Sammy's got a a shitload of reverb on his mic on this, like sort of as if he's singing in in an empty arena or something like that, just sort of announcing like, "Here's the song, here it's coming at you, baby." Um, I love that.
1: Magical. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah,
1: and then you hear Alex coming in. Yeah, and I, I can I never get tired of just that Ed and Al chemistry, you know, two, two brothers who just been playing together for just endlessly day after day, night after night for years. It's like, they just shared the same musical brain and it's just so cool.
2: You just, it's, it's a musical symbiosis, you know, it just, it happens, especially when you're just really clicking with uh, one or two or however many individuals. And it's just, I mean, it's, it's why so many bands have longevity It's because Everyone involved in the in the band is feeling it. They're all uh, uh, thinking the same thing. They're they're going for the same goal. It's rare these days to get a full symbiotic musical relationships. I think, but uh, the ones that have made it last have that down to just a, a science.
1: Yeah, this is the way they play off of each other. That jazz background that they got from their dad too. The it way. also
2: helps that they're blood brothers, so you know they can also
1: oh, just yeah. sort
0: of. Yeah. yeah. Well, you had uh, mentioned on the uh, Sean Geek and Fast Fret podcast, which uh, we haven't mentioned yet, but I love giving them a shout out because I love their show. This my buddies. I just, I just heard your breakdown of 5150. It was amazing. <laughs> but you, you talked about how, you know, Alex losing her brother was akin to losing a limp. And it, it's yeah. very, very true, right? And they, they were just so lockstep with each other uh, yeah. for so long that it's just, it's amazing. Listen
1: to, you listen to Jump, mm-hmm. the solo in Jump, and listen to what Alex is doing there. The interplay he gives it some he gives Eddie some breathing room to play and sometimes when that's Ed's, Ed's speeding up and Alex slows down and vice versa and just oh my god they just knew each other so it just just like I said they're just sharing the same musical brain it's just so cool so cool I love in the US festival when uh, let's see what song would it be I think it was. I'm trying of remember they go into a jam okay so it's just just ed and al and they're just just fucking around and ed just going mm, <laughs> mm, and alex is just, just trying to match you know and just <laughs> <laughs> and they go back and forth and it's just they're in the zone it's like nobody else is there you know there's like three hundred thousand people watching <laughs> <laughs>
0: that yeah awesome. that's fantastic yeah. all right let's keep it rocking anyway yes <laughs>
1: I tell yeah, you, I, I, there's the
0: harmonies. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. I I I always I, I've been ragging a little bit on Sammy lyrics because some of the songs we've done lately, and I'm a big Sammy fan, but his lyrics I don't think I've been up to snuff with David Lee Ross. But there's some great lines in here, right? Like if you go there once, you'll be there twice. Lots of pretty girls coming by the dozens. The white sand sure makes a tan look nice. That's yeah. some fantastic lyric writing.
1: Yeah, Sammy he, takes a lot of hits lyrically.
2: Yeah, Boy, I don't I'm agree not. with that sentiment, but you know it's you know we. we... <laughs> I digress, but no, you're right. This, these are, uh, these are great lines and he's painting you a word portrait right off the bat so that you know exactly. He's setting the the tone. He's setting the mood uh, for what this song ultimately is. And um, look, you can't have a song that's essentially about, uh, <laughs> well, you can't name a, a tequila after the song that is essentially about, uh, you know, a, a tropical adventure is so to speak you know what i mean um and even though it's not full-on tropical adventure it's just uh it's reminiscent he's trying to give you the idea of it's like look this is what happens when you party too hard sometimes
1: yeah end up hammered at four in the morning that's what it was it was 4 all <laughs> <there>. yeah. <laughs> uh yeah well maybe uh no comment yeah uh, there you go no um but yeah th- that was where it was like four in the morning the guy's like he's like falling into a a, a barbed wire fence or something like that. I mean, yeah, just (laughs) hammered out of his mind, which every October when Sammy has that party there, there are quite a few, I'm sure, doing the cobble
0: wobble. (laughs) Absolutely. (music) Absolutely.
2: Mark, you're just grooving out there, buddy. Uh, what do you think? I am. And, and look, right there, he tells you, face. let me take you down. Face down and Cabo kissing the ground. It's like, yeah, let's party until you just are partied out and you're just face down on the pavement like this dude who I wrote this song about, <laughs> uh, you know. And also, my question is, he says, we got to try a little dance. So Cabo Wabo, it's all right by me. What do you imagine the Cabo Wabo dance move would be? Although I guess the precursor to this is, Hey, he wants to fuck in the beach or uh, in the, in the ocean. So Mm. I guess doing the Cabo Wabo is a euphemism.
1: Wow. Look at that. We're getting deep here. We're getting (laughs) real deep. (laughs) never thought about that. I think, um, geez. Yeah. I wonder. I just took it as some guy getting so hammered. He just
0: passes out on the beach. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. You know, and if it was David Lee Roth, I guarantee it'd be about fucking somewhere. <laughs> but uh, Sammy is is not immune from I mean, uh, yeah. talking about fucking either. So no, yeah,
1: D- Dave would have his toes in the sand, and Sammy would have his face in the sand.
2: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> With his hand firmly grasping the bottle.
1: Right. <laughs> Sammy says it fits paradise to a T. Dave says it's just like
0: paradise. You know. There it is. <laughs> there you go. All right. Let's keep going.
3: All right. Lancey!
1: There's Mikey. Oh,
3: Walk in the streets doing that old. Come on. Wow, boy. Ah! Plays come alive every night. Yeah!
0: Mark, you just talked about Sammy wanted to make love in the
2: sea. There you go. There you go. Uh, I take it back. Uh, The old Cabo Wabo is is not a euphemism. It's just. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and ZepBound for those who qualify.
0: Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes.
2: Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash acast and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Straight up what it what it is. It's just like, let's get like toasted until we just uh we can't really walk anymore. We're basically doing like a <laughs> Weird dancing trudge because we're just so far gone now. But,
1: is he going to make love in the sea with somebody? He's going to wake up the next morning and say, who the fuck is this? I don't <laughs> know who you are. Is he I that feel, drunk? On if, Cabo?
2: if you crash on the beach and then have a night of lovemaking chances are there there's, and you're doing the Cabo Wabo to get to it. The chances are you're not remembering shit. You're yeah. definitely not remembering who uh, was the, uh, hopefully the, uh, the willing participant. Yeah. In if this it was activity.
1: a good night. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we haven't mentioned the harmonies. Oh, oh. my God. I ooh. mean, ooh. beautiful. Ed, and, and that's, uh, and that's Ed and Mike. Ed, Mike Mike's in there with Sammy, but that, ooh,
0: yeah, that's Mike's that's way up there. Yeah. yeah. It's the magic oh, of Van Halen. He-
1: fucking love it. Yeah, mm-hmm. sorry. I- I'm using the F word way too much here. I'm sorry. This so is Go right the
2: fuck ahead. We're, we're... <laughs> <laughs> this is not PG Van Halen podcast. Not... Yeah.
1: <laughs> Come on. No, but li- those those harmonies, man. Uh-huh. Holy shit. Yeah. I is... just can't get enough of it. And, uh... and and the other thing is by the way that I love Alex's work on the on the hi-hat and the cymbals mm-hmm. and his snare sound. That's another thing that was brought up in that that podcast that I was just listening to uh, on Johnny Bean. They were talking about his snare sound is, I think it was there where they talk about his snare sound is unique to the Van Halen sound. It's it like really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You cannot, you cannot repeat. I mean, cause Eddie was just so legendary and I know Alex gets a lot of respect, but a lot of, a lot of times he, he, people forget just how, how damn good of a drummer he is. And oh, just yeah, the little yeah, little things yeah. he does here and there. Again, it's that jazzy type of stuff that he does, and then with the symbols and all that.
0: It's so he, cool. We, and we he's, talked about sorry, uh, we talked about his uh, his snare sound on the Out of Love again because yes, you mm-hmm. know he Alex doesn't get enough credit from like rock journalists to so always say, ah, he's kind of a mediocre drummer. Oh, he's average right. compared to his brother. Fuck no, he is one of my favorite <laughs> rock drummers of all time. And that snare sound, like you mentioned, is absolutely iconic and central to that Van Halen sound.
1: I remember when we got into the early 90s when For, For lawful Corner Knowledge had come out. I remember hearing on the radio one time a DJ just saying, you know, Alex just gets better with each album. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you listen to Balance in 95 and the stuff he was doing there. Yeah, man. <laughs> He's...
2: Part of this this journey that we're doing with this show uh, has helped me. And I've, I've mentioned it before. Uh, I was kind of one of those guys in the, in uh, prior to thinking, it was like, look, I I love Van Halen. I I think Alex is, you know, a fine drummer for them, but it's like, I don't know if I would put him up there on some of the upper tier, but as we've done this show, episode by episode and we've just analyzed uh the playability and just the musicianship with everything especially with alex too um it's i've completely come around on that i was like oh my god no he is he's subtle that's what he is he's Mm -hmm. he's, he's doing so much by doing so little and uh or not he's not even doing a little really he's he's doing a lot you just you just have to be like in tuning in to hear it and to feel it and uh yeah i just i've completely come around whatever i was thinking beforehand of him being kind of just an okay drummer no not the case he's nice incredible.
1: cool i like that i'm gonna okay, <laughs> we're there we yeah. go
2: standing i'm standing you see you can learn something on this show standing. kids it's just even if it's just a couple of uh idiots just waxing poetic <laughs> about a band we like yeah
1: it's really it's complimenting Yes. It pretty much so much of it is built around Eddie, even like mm-hmm. Michael Anthony said when Michael Anthony's a, a damn good bass player. Okay. Mm-hmm. But like he even said, when you, when you got Eddie playing there, you don't want, you don't want like all three of the musicians, you know, jerking off on their, on their instrument all at the same right. time. It's like, it's a song. Yeah, <laughs> You gotta, you're, you're creating a piece of music and so it just can't be that. So Yeah, it's all they all just fit in perfectly together. And yeah, this is this is this is an important moment. We just heard Mark say.
0: This is where we get to the solo. Now, Mark, I wanted to ask you, because you're a guitar player, about the guitar tone. Um, yeah. Maybe a little different tone than we get from Eddie Van Halen from like earlier stuff, but certainly not out of place for 1988.
2: No, it's not. Uh, I mean, and this is just maybe because uh, at this point, I have the his many different... Uh, as Eddie always had a particular guitar tone, but sometimes he'd experiment and, you know give us a little bit of variation. So I feel like my brain at this point and my ear have become attuned to his many tones. So hearing this doesn't really uh, uh, throw me for a loop as far as his guitar tone goes, but it fits. I mean, whatever whatever he decided to do, either different or whatever he's doing, just the same, maybe it's just a production uh, value difference. I'm not sure, but it fits the song. Uh, the tone he's using and the way he's playing, um, and I dig it. I dig it a lot.
0: Yep. Uh, this was uh, Don Landy produced, correct, Eric? Yeah, Landy was there for that one.
1: Okay. And uh, uh, Tem- Templeman wasn't. You know, that was so right. it was.
0: Mm. But you, you, we we talked about the production of this album. It sounds very ni- late 1980s to me. Uh, yeah. A little uh, kind of yeah, a product of its time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I always
1: say. I would love to hear this album with the production sound of Bruce Fairbairn on Balance. There you go. Ooh, wouldn't that yeah, be cool? I like balance sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, that would be so awesome.
0: Oh, here we go. Yes, get to that solo,
1: baby! <laughs> I can't wait.
0: Now, monstrous. That you, I've heard you say before, Eric, there's no such thing as a bad Eddie Van Halen solo, and I agree nope. 100%. Here we got Eddie, and he's doing his own rhythm underneath again, right? Which is something he didn't really do too much in the David Lee Roth era.
1: Right, right. I, Yeah, I, I thought I was just thinking back on that. Yeah, I mean, he was, during the Sammy era. he was trying some different things. He was having a lot of fun, and yeah, plus, you know, the 80s, like you said, there's this it's a whole different vibe and sound to this stuff, but that song is just unique. It's it doesn't sound like anything else that was out at that time. Think about what was out, you know, Dockin and White Snake and yeah. Poison and Warren and um, Rat, and all those you know, good bands. Those fans of most, are, if not all, but it's just it still sounded like Van Halen. I know people say that's two different bands with Sammy and Eddie, but that's still that's Eddie right there, and that is. That solo. And he's not, he's not going off playing a million notes to start. So that's what I talk about that Clapton influence. It's just spaced out. It's and then, but then at the end, he's <laughs> which is insane the way he it's like it's like his hand literally was like resting on a tabletop, but it's not.
0: I mean, it's like it's so steady. Mm-hmm. But you know what was happening at the beginning of that solo when Eddie's doing those sustained notes? You got Mikey back there with the bass going. Yes. Right. You know,
1: and yet he goes. Do-do-do-do, yeah. You hear that a couple
0: of times. Yeah. Really fantastic stuff. Mark, you're a guitar player. I, I know you idolize Mr. Van Halen. Your thoughts?
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm still picking my brains up from having them melt. After uh, hearing that solo again, I mean, I've heard this solo before. This is easily, um, of all my favorite Eddie Van Halen solos, I mean, I've already said Eruptions by default is number one just because it's just it's a whole track that's just nothing but a guitar solo and it's just phenomenal. But this is easily in the top three, uh, I would say. Really? Uh, I don't know if it's two or three, but it's up there. Let's put it that way because... I got everything that I could ever want out of a Van Halen solo uh, and Eddie Van Halen solo in particular. Uh, I mentioned the dive bombs all the time. He gave us a couple of dive bombs in this. He is up and down the fretboard like nobody's business something he usually doesn't do too much in his solos but but like you literally hear it he's he's way up high and then he gets real low then he goes way up high again he's literally up and down the fretboard he is uh treating that whammy bar like it's his bitch and i mean if if you're gonna have a whammy bar (laughs) use it uh and but nobody can do it like he can you mentioned eric uh the time frame of this and the bands that were around a lot of great guitar players and a lot of those bands of, of the uh of the late 80s the mid to late 80s none of them any of their guitar solos n- they all fail in comparison right just to this one alone I- i'll go ahead and say it just to this one alone uh and that's just one of many solos that eddie van halen blessed our ears with and um I just, uh, what else do you want me to say about it? Because <laughs> there's not much else I can. Even I just, he couldn't explain. So much. You know,
1: he, people would say, "Where does it come from?" He's like, "I don't know, man. It's Just."
2: You just got to feel it. Comes
1: from up above, right?
2: Yeah. You a talk a lot about of hard work. Guitars. Yeah, you talk
0: about guys like Gingway and Schneider and all those guys yeah. are on that same era. That just amazing guitar players. Yeah, but wow. that's
1: what would drive me nuts when every now and then somebody would lump Van Halen or Eddie in with hairbands or um, you know yeah I just I uh you know I'm not into those bands that play a million or the guitarists that just play a million notes play a million notes They're not yeah. you're not listening then because he he's not doing that. Yeah. Um and you literally like that like that's all right there at the end you know he's going super fast but he you know he doesn't even have to play he he plays with with taste and he's he's with feel. Mm-hmm. And it's almost, it sounds like it's just the first take and that's it, but well,
2: we, whatever it is, we, we mentioned it a lot on the show. He, Eddie is really good about playing a solo that fits the song, not just playing a solo just to do it. Otherwise yeah. that's just masturbation at that point. Yep. Yep. But he is now the perfect balance is to do both. You know, you want to just like, if you're playing a solo by, by definition of what it is it's like you're are mas- masturbatory but if you can do it and do it in a way that fits the song and flows and doesn't take away like anything from the the vibe you're trying to bring uh with the whole ensemble then that's perfection eddie is great at doing that even if you don't think the song itself is that great he's going to bust out a solo that's going to change your mind. And I know this because he's done it for me on this show before I've been lukewarm on a couple of different songs. The solos have saved it. So um, he elevates the song. Yep. Solos can't save it if the song's really like, really not, you know, my jam, but whatever hearsay. But uh, yeah, he, he's just, he's really good about just blending it and making it fit where it needs to fit making, making it sound the way, a solo for this particular song needs to sound well at the same time i'm gonna have fun with it because i'm eddie van halen why yeah. wouldn't i yeah
0: and i love this comment is. i loved his comment about it. it sounds like he just walks in does it one take and leaves and it brought me right back to spanish fly from that right to right because it just sounds like he just walked in with an acoustic plugged it in, played it and then left
2: Ugh, And that's enough, still every solo he does eye, sounds like man. that and that is yeah. just the the sign of, of perfection isn't it like He's just, uh, he's a master of his work, man. It's just, that's, there's so few guitar players that are actually like that. You can be like, and no disrespect to Ying Bay Malstein, you, but he's a completely different oh, yeah. kind of guitar player, man. Like he, he's, he's, he's going for the, uh, I'm going to play Beethoven sonatas, uh, ninth symphony on guitar. Right. And you're going to hear every piece of it. I was like, okay, yeah. but like, you know, are you actually yeah. feeling it or are you just, you know, yeah I and mean, yeah.
1: you know it would Satriani we talk about Satriani being part of this tribute. I think he's he's certainly a, a legit guy that could you know, give pay pay the proper respect to Eddie if he were if this yeah. were to happen, you know. Like he, the stuff he did with with Sammy on Chickenfoot. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean and but there's a guy like Satriani is is uh he plays with feel, but he's also the ingve type mindset. Like, um,
2: Oh yeah. He can give you a um, million and a half notes if you want. And, you know, and he will, but he also, he understands feel other than like just straight mechanical technique. Like he just, he just, there's a healthy balance. So many guitar players in today's metal, I would say, don't understand that balance um, because all the rage is how many notes can you play? And it's like, that's boring. This is yeah. like, it was like, I appreciate your, your work. You obviously worked really hard to play all these notes, but it's dull to me.
1: Right. Satriani. I love, he's got a new album. Out, I got to listen to it, but I love uh, surfing with the alien and flying in a blue dream. Uh, mm-hmm. And the extremist is from the early nineties. He's got a song called summer song on there. Oh yeah. Yeah. He had, he had David Lee Roth's drummer. Greg Bissonette on that album, if not more. But yeah, I love Satriani.
0: But it brings me back to Greg Runoff's book Van Halen Rising, and a guy like George Lynch who would watch Eddie Van Halen, a young Eddie Van Halen, and think, "God, I got to keep practicing and yeah. trying to trying to capture that." And I don't know if he can. Like, it, it's not about technical mastery because Joe Satriani is arguably technically one of the greatest guitar players around, right? Like, that he 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 can't you can't bring what Eddie Van Halen brought in terms of enthusiasm or feel or anything like that.
2: Lynch yep. tries, but uh, you, you're right. He is, he is one of the, uh, the better guitar players that's still out there right now, but he, um, but yeah, he's as far as bringing the sort of Van Halen out, he's, he, he tries, but it's just not quite there because he's not Eddie. Like nobody's Eddie.
1: I love the story of Chris Holmes from wasp. It was a story about Eddie uh, gave him back a guitar. Or, uh, did did, it, did Chris lend a guitar to Eddie and then Eddie took it apart and <laughs> and C- Chris Holmes gets the thing back and it's just all pulled apart and different yeah. pieces and stuff. Yeah. Like you know, a mad yeah.
0: scientist. Yeah. yeah. I-, I think uh, he told Phil Collin from Def Leppard the same thing. Like, you know, uh, get, get your guitar and take it apart and, and kind of rebuild it and, and kind of build <laughs> yeah. your own thing. And, uh, yeah. And I always thought that was kind of cool.
1: Yeah. I uh, love this. The Steinberger cool, man. oh Oh, yeah yeah you see that on the live without a net Mm -hmm. video
0: all right let's keep going let's keep going
1: The harmonies. Yep. Yep. <laughs>
2: of course, and Sammy gets the worm. <laughs> that's totally the right, yeah. worm.
1: I, I love the little things that Eddie does too, like the in between the riffs. Yeah. <laughs> little things, you know?
0: Yeah. And, and, just, that, and then that big crash symbol from Alex, right? Yep. That big pronounced, I love
1: yep. that.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Eric, this. have you ever tried uh, uh, Sammy's
1: tequila? No, and I've seen it when I've been at bars. I've seen it, and I don't believe I've ever tried it. I'm sorry, Sammy. I, I'll make It's it
2: up very tasty.
0: Is it good? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm a beer guy.
0: Me too, but I'm thinking back to uh, when Kelsey was on the show, uh, barely old enough to drink, and, and she bought a bottle of uh, Cabo Wabo tequila and has it sitting on her shelf. Never never cracked it, never going yeah. to drink it, just sitting on
2: her shelf. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool big shout out to kelsey but i was like uh, in my brain i was going that is such a crime what a waste It's just, just sitting there <laughs>
1: just sitting there yeah this is a great story i gotta tell you when i met i got to meet dave in new york city 2003 he played the beacon theater in new york city and a friend of mine we went It was september of '03, and we went and my friend is, is friends with dave's sister i want to say is allison so we get backstage because of her. Like he's on the phone. My friends on the phone with Dave's sister. She says, "Put the phone up to one of the, you know, one of the guards, bodyguards, or whatever, um, or security guards." Yeah, you know? he does that. The security guards like, hmm, huh, hmm, okay. Guys, come on in. We walk <laughs> through the tunnels downstairs. You know, in the the Beacon Theater is an old venue. It's really cool. And we walk back there, and I looking around, where's Dave, where's Dave, I can't see and I hear him with a laugh <laughs> Dave laugh, and he's just off to my right and I turn over and there he is and he's got a bottle of Jack so he's talking it up with Jack White White Stripes right? and uh, he's talking it up with him and Dave's bodyguard is lighting up Dave's cigarettes one after the other and he's telling stories so Dave walks away and he has like a half empty bottle of Jack and he puts it on the railing and when he walks away my friend he grabs it and to this day, he still
3: has. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he still has
1: it. He still has it. And, and it was funny because Dave was Dave was hitting on my friend's girlfriend. He literally like she she put her hand on the railing just to say, "Hey, hey, Dave, my boyfriend knows your sister." You yeah? know, and Dave locked like took his pinky and locked it with her pinky. So she <laughs> so she was like. St- and he's like, hey, baby, what you, you know, doing the whole Dave <laughs> thing. Oh, it's so
0: hilarious. That's fantastic. Yeah. So I love him.
1: <laughs> but we have we haven't talked about Sammy's vocals. That's one thing we haven't addressed yes. on here. And I've said this before. And I, I think I told this on the Sean Geek podcast. I can listen to him sing the phone book.
2: Yeah. And absolutely. Just his voice
1: is just so cool. So cool.
2: And,
0: yeah. and to this day, still. Like he can still build a voice.
1: Yeah. You know, he just said recently that just now and he's 70 he's born in 47 so he's what 74 my god my math yeah whatever 73 74 got it. and he said just now i'm starting to he goes i'm going to a vocal coach just to kind of you know get a little bit of help you know so between shows this and the other he goes but i never had to do anything never did anything special never took any magic potion or did this or that before a show whatever uh he said in fact back in the day he would do things that were bad for your voice and people would say what are you doing but never affected it but that's yeah, it you know. just a little bit now It's a little you gotta take a little extra care that's it <laughs>
2: it's insane some some people just uh, some people are just good like that like famously ronnie james dio never warmed up at all apparently like people would ask him like what do you do to warm up he's like if you have to warm up you don't have it <laughs> and wow. it's like okay yeah. okay ronnie but <laughs> what a voice he had, man. <laughs> exactly so i mean speaking as a vocalist i i can say um no i i like to warm up warming up helps <laughs> it, it, yeah it's it's nice to do that well no, he uh, does say
1: sammy though the the key is to keep singing you know yeah. don't stop because it's a muscle mm-hmm. and so he's always singing whether it's live in concert or just in the studio or at home
0: on- yep now during Fifty One Fifty, didn't uh, Mick Jones work with him a little bit on yeah. uh, like uh, Dreams uh, songs like that, yeah. where he was kind of hitting that upper register. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. He he was he produced Fifty One Fifty and he pushed Sammy. Even Sammy didn't think he can get as high as he did on Dreams and they were along the beach. Sammy said and he says, "You know, you can do it, man. You can do it." Sammy's like, "I don't know, if you can do it." He went in there and belted it out.
0: Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite Sammy vocals of all time is on. Disney. Oh, it's so, so good. Yep,
1: yep. And I. I you know, I, I love Dave's voice too. I, I you oh. know, get into this whole battle of you know who's who's better or this or that. <laughs> and that to me, they're just I love them both. Sorry. Right. <laughs> so, sorry, Dave only fans and Sammy OnlyFans. I love I love both of them. And you know, one thing that's interesting is they both, and I again I said this on the strong geek podcast, they just both both Dave and Sammy, they have a great attitude about life, you know, the the lyrics and it just you know you know, reach for the stars, man, get the most out of life, mm-hmm. you know, make each day matter. So, but in their own way, they have their own styles they are just mm-hmm. different, you know? And, and, but Dave had that little more of that attitude, you know, yeah. That nasty attitude. And, uh, whereas Sammy's a little more of like the hippie type, you know, yeah.
0: He's, uh, of course, you know, Sammy um, sings about blue balls and being faced out in God. <laughs>
2: exactly. Yes. Yeah. This is very, And hippie. you know, Dave sings about being the ice cream man. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, things like that. But, That's right. Uh, what do you say we uh we we power through uh the rest of the song, man?
1: Yes. And Gary's a great vocalist too. I'm going to sneak that. Absolutely. Out I mean, Love yeah, you Gary 100
2: 100%. 100%. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> it's true. <laughs>
1: guitar part at the end is so cool Mm -hmm. it's different from the rest
2: yeah he's just he's and he's not uh showing out in the uh little outro there he's just you know noodling away just sort of giving you the uh uh ornamentation the uh he's not going out of his way to give you like oh look it's a second solo uh, here yeah, I go, yeah, again, yeah yeah you know or like something or they're not doing like one of the uh, arena rock endings where it's just do, 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 you know yeah it, ring out or anything like that nope just fade into the distance fade into the cabo wabo uh ethereal whatever that's what uh,
1: was, it almost sounds like yeah they're walking off into the you know the sun's setting long night of partying it's time to just
2: call the night <laughs>
1: Yeah. um did you what's cool is you hear alex there like he's mixing it up a little bit too he's like
0: yeah dum, dum,
1: dum, bah, dum, dum. he's just mixing it up doing his own thing
0: and mike's coming in there too with a little bit of more. oh yeah there you up got the baseline do, 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 there a little bit do, 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 do. It, Matt, Matt. it's got
1: all of that all the ingredients of that same era magic not released as a single
2: no, but was still uh, uh, pretty prominent, I would say. Maybe oh, yeah. the tequila had something to do with it or just maybe uh, the essence of uh, Sammy's time with the band. Just, you know, Cabo Wabo feels like it was a catchphrase of his, maybe. And I don't know this. Uh, Eric, you're the expert. Was Cabo Wabo a catchphrase with Sammy, like just out and about?
1: No, I don't know if it's a catchphrase. I mean, I think, but, I mean, it's, it was this, it ended up being, unfortunately... Uh, like a point of contention between him and the rest of the guys, because the the business side of things got turned sour because they all had a a piece in the business Mm. and it wasn't going anywhere. And so Sammy basically said, let me buy it out from the rest of you guys and I'll take it from here. And then the business took off. Mm -hmm. And so that, that caused some problems. In fact, when they had the O2 or the old, four tour with sammy returning sammy had the Cabo Wabo tattoo on his arm yeah and, and and eddie was just like you're not here to promote anything you know you're here to play music and he and he and um sammy had the the tattoo like uh you know on his he has it on like i think it's his right shoulder and eddie would walk up to him and pull the sleeve down <laughs> you know and, and then sammy would roll it back up you know that was unfortunately, which is you know a bummer because yeah, it's such yeah. a great song and they and they were having such a blast. There's an M T V special when they opened the club in eighty-eight or 89, 89, And they're all just having a great time together, jamming, and just having a having fun, you know. Ooh. But things kind of turn sour. So, but no, I don't think it was like a key, I don't think it was like a catchphrase of Sammy's. I don't know how often he plays it solo. We could look at his set list to see, but
0: well, I don't uh him- Famously, it's actually on live right here, right now. They actually uh, sandwich it with "You Really Got Me." Now, right? Yeah, live album, right? Oh so, wow! Yeah. yeah, back in '93, they were still playing it.
2: Well, Cabo Wabo is most certainly a—it's uh, a fantastic beverage. I can confirm, uh, and uh, but the song itself—that's—that's that's something we have to determine. You've heard us uh, sort of comment throughout. This is uh, if you've, you've stuck with us for this long. But what I'm here to ask is the age-old question that we've been doing on the show, uh, and I'm going to throw it to uh, Eric first, because you're the guest, and that's just how it goes. Um, Is Cabo Wabo contention and like uh, behind-the-scenes things aside, though, the song Cabo Wabo, is it what dreams are made of, or is the dream over for you with Cabo Wabo?
1: There's no suspense here. Anybody that's been listening up to this point, they know. They know.
2: Hell yeah. Absolutely. There it is. And uh, Corey, now, do you share the same sentiment or will you be just trailing off into the sunset alone? Geez, I don't know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> david and i agree this is what dreams are made of absolutely i love Kaba Wabo. what a fantastic song And i'm so glad that uh, eric manifested it here this evening because i
1: manifested dream. that baby take that <laughs> cult of mariano
0: <laughs> yes That's and right. you know what uh, after last week uh, a very nice palate cleanser, right? We got something really cool off all you great. I'm going
1: to listen in defense of that song. Okay. I love the music that Eddie wrote on how many say I, You're I love that. the music. So there you go. And you know what? <laughs> I interviewed um, Martin Popoff, the great Canadian writer. Yes, Corey, you know, him. Yeah. he said, Eddie has a sweet voice. He likes Eddie's voice. So there you go.
0: I, I like it too. Maybe not so much as a lead, but you know, we talked about his voice lockstep with Michael Anthony's is, you know, that, that's oh, yeah. the sound of Van Halen, right? He's got a tremendous mm-hmm. voice.
1: Leave it to the guy from the Van Halen news desk to put a nice positive spin on how many say
0: Who'd have thought? Yeah. Perfect. Oh, we got one more vote to go. And Mark usually likes to rain on everybody's parade Uh-oh. and downvote a song. What's it going to be tonight, Mr. Kamire? It's raining tequila. <laughs>
2: As I've already said this, uh, the solo itself, uh, easily top three of all of Eddie Van Halen's works and that we've heard, uh, recorded, because I mean, if you don't, don't take my word for it, go back after this episode is done, re listen to the song and, and just analyze it for yourself. Okay. That, that solo is incredible, but solo aside, the song is just fun. And that's one of the things we love about Van Halen is that they, they're not afraid to, uh, Give you like a hard rock and tuned uh, that will uh, speak to you in a certain way. They're not above giving you a power ballad to make you feel all the feels. But then. At the end of the day and at their core, they're just a band that wants to have fun, play rock music. Rock music is fun. So you got to have a song that's going to uh, amplify that. It's going to, you know, demonstrate that. I think Cabo Wabo is one of many perfect examples of Van Halen having fun, uh, the music shows, and it just, that's what more can you ask for with a Van Halen tune? Am I right? So that's a resounding... (laughs)
1: yeah diamond Dave. Correct. Correct. <laughs> look at Diamond Dave is actually excited for a Sammy era song my Oh, God. even Dave knows, oh, even yeah. Dave knows. Yeah. <laughs> hey well real quick because you guys I'm keeping you, you guys, this you, when you have me talk about Van Halen I can't stop <laughs> when I was when I was working in radio in 2003 when the David Sam and Dave tour was uh you know coming through Connecticut mm-hmm. my program director comes to me and says hey man, you ready for this? I said, what do you, what's going on? You get to interview Sammy. Yes. Right. He says, so it's going to be tomorrow. Get ready. Bye, bye, bye. He's going to call in. So I come in the next day and my program director walks into the studio. goes, sorry, dude, Sammy's not doing it. And I thought he was busting my balls. I thought he was just fucking with me. So I laughed. He goes, no, I'm serious. I go, are you fucking kidding me? What's going on? He said, Sammy's tired of doing all the interviews. Dave doesn't do any, and so to stick it to Dave, he's not going to do an interview.
2: Oh man! I said,
1: "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> so I never got to interview Sammy on that. Oh no! <laughs> he was uh. so, so he, those two guys by the end of that because that was like towards the tail end there. So yeah. By the time they that was uh, it was in August, I think maybe September. right? No, August. Boy, yeah, they could not. They. Like Sammy said, oil and water, oil and water. Yeah, yeah, water. He, he just says, no, screw, screw him. He's not doing any interviews. I'm not doing any interviews, so it never happened. By the way, I had my like Cabo Wabo type Hawaiian shirt on.
2: <laughs> you were ready. You were like so, so prepared. You're know, like a
1: jackass. So um, Sammy, Sammy, you owe me an interview. I want to talk to you one day.
0: <laughs> didn't it get so bad they had to build a false wall in the arena so that Sammy um, they would never come in contact with each
1: other i remember but I, I know michael uh michael anthony would bang on dave's door like, come on dave you're coming out you know dave never came out Good. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah because sammy wanted him to come out and jam with him or get on stage and play with him yeah 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 uh, that's just like so so funny man those two guys they are just you know from day one it was just there was that competition between the two so you know it is what it is but again i'm gonna say sorry dave only fans and sammy only fans i love both of them love sammy love dave
2: yep. i love them both anything both with Eddie on it yeah. I know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's what it's all about. It's not it's not just about the front men and their their drama with one another or with whatever. It's it's about the band itself. And that's why we do this because we love the band itself. Doesn't matter who's singing for them. It's just what we do. And that Amen, brother. Yeah, exactly. That wraps up the show. But before we go, Eric, you have been such an amazing guests why don't you uh well first of all thank you for being our guest oh. thank you thank you for finally bringing i guess credibility to Damn. our uh uh you know oh trust me you're get rant, the emails so. you're <laughs> gonna get them
0: you know eric fucked up
2: you no, know, oh, yeah, oh, i'm sure uh, i'm sure but they'll be they'll call be yourself a fan I,
0: my, but, you, you're not a fan you don't know what kind of mic they've used during the fair warning sessions no <laughs> i don't even to
1: those guys i love you you can't you can hate on me but i love you guys because you're van Allen fans and that's exactly. all that matters man Exactly, that's what all matters,
2: matters but uh it's eric all
1: um yeah so we're talking what free plugs time is this i get to do some
0: plugging all right yeah, I, I would love it. for you yeah, yeah. i i, I got to talk about booked on rock a little bit because your interview with paul brannigan author of Unchained, the Eddie Van Halen story. I got to say, not only my favorite like rock rock podcast of all time, one of my favorite interviews, period. Oh, cool. That is an amazing show.
1: Well, I'll just say this. It has nothing to do with me. It's the guests trust. These guys are so good as guests. They're smart. They know what they're talking about. They they've done their research and they've got the great stories to tell. So it's been going great, man. I'm coming up on one year. I think my my really one year anniversary coming up almost at the end of this month, I think. Um, and it's, it's just been going great booked on rock.com. You could go to the website and I have all the major platforms where you can listen, but it's all over Spreaker, iTunes, Uh, Spotify, iHeart you know but you go to bookdownrock.com it's right there and um, it's been you know I actually interviewed uh, you know Paul I interviewed uh, Chris Gill and uh, Brad Talinsky on their book on Eddie and I also had another interview I did um, Michael Christopher who wrote a book on Van Halen uh, as well so I interviewed him uh, so check those out, but there's just so much there's, I think I'm up to getting closing in on 60 episodes. Now I want to say maybe more. And I just uh, actually, I just put up one this week with Jean Bouvoir, who was in the plasmatics. And he also was a producer and he worked with Paul Stanley. He wrote songs with kiss in the eighties. He worked with uh, Stephen Van Zandt and he's got some, insane stories his uncle was a voodoo guy I guess a voodoo priest Max Bouvoir. he inspired the the movie uh, Serpent in the Rainbow oh, f- wow. with uh, Wes Craven's movie right? uh, I'm just actually before I join you guys I was editing the episode that goes up next week which is Elliot Landy who took photographs of Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix he was at Woodstock this book is on Janis Joplin a fascinating interview with him it, it just to get the guests are so cool and I've got interviews booked through like the middle of June so it's, it's just been a blast I'm having a lot of fun doing it but again man I just ask the questions and read the books or or I read the books then ask the questions <laughs> <laughs> and and it, 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 it's just a blast so uh, but also of course the Van Halen News Desk vhnd.com uh and we just put up something. Sammy's got a new album that's coming out soon. And, of course, we had that story. We got the quote from Dave, the exclusive quote from Dan and Dave regarding the celebration, rumored celebration tour. Um, so we will uh, we'll keep people in the know as much as we can, you know. Um, and vanhillenstore.com, which is where Corey got that impressive shirt. And I'm wearing the EVH hat, and I'm wearing the Van Halen shirt, all from the Van Halen store. So check that out, vanhellenstore.com. And and a shout out to, to my man, Jeff Hausman at the Van Hellen News Desk. And uh, I think that's it. I can't plug anything else. <laughs> and, and Corey, I'm going to let you guys have a great network, the Deep Dive Podcast Network.
0: That's right. Uh, this network, The Deep Dive Podcast Network. You can get uh, shows. You're uh, right. Deep Purple, Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, Sabbath, Aussie, Hawk Binge, um, all the way down the list. Check us out, deepdivepodcastnetwork.com follow us on Twitter. Uh, There's an Aerosmith show on there too, that I'm uh, uh, affiliated with, with one John Mariano.
1: Yes, sir. I listened to the episode just today on uh, rats in the cellar.
0: Yes. Great song. I tell you, we're, we're well ahead in recording right now. So right now we're past show 18. So we're actually kicking songs off the uh, mixtape and, and, you know, (laughs) having the argument about what's going to go on this mixtape and what isn't. So, uh, past the show 18, things get really interesting, so oh, hopefully boy. people will stick with us on that one. You know
1: what came up on my phone the other day? Street Jesus from Nice! Uh, Music from,
0: from Brother, Brother Dimension. Brother Dimension.
1: Yeah. I thought, man, that's if there's anything as close to the old school Aerosmith, that was that song, but that
0: album just didn't do as well as they'd hoped. It really did mm. but but there, there's still some good old school Aerosmith, like Sweet Street Jesus is a great Joe Perry jam yeah. on the album, so absolutely, but uh, Eric, I'd be remiss. Uh, before we let you go tonight, last week was How Many Say I, and uh We didn't uh, so much care for it. Uh, We put a poll out uh, to all of our listeners. It's currently uh, 70% the dream is over, 22% what dreams are made of. What would your vote have been on how many say I? Oh, you got to do this to me. See, I thought I dodged a bullet. Nope, I got to know. Okay.
1: (laughs) Oh, boy. So I got it. It's either thumbs up or thumbs down. There's no like in between. Nope, sorry. Sideway thumb. <laughs> <laughs> Sideway
3: thumb. <laughs>
1: All right. You know what? God, I hate to do this. Oh, I, I I'm, I'm sorry, Eddie. Wherever you are, I, I gotta, I gotta say, I gotta say, it, it thumbs down.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, I, 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 that was the boat we were. You right?
1: know what? If it was just an instrumental, maybe I think I would. Uh, uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, but I'm glad he did it. It's what Eddie. It, it, Gary is the one who who said, "You guys talked about it." Gary said, "Do the vocals." Yep. and I'm glad he did it. Screw it, it's what he wanted to do. He's yep. an artist, yep. and uh, yep. it it doesn't tarnish the legacy in any way. It's just yep. something that he wanted to do. That whole album is something he wanted to do. And the thing that's that's you have to remember on that Van Halen three album, and and there are some there are some songs I enjoy on that, and I, I can listen to the whole thing really because anything Eddie is on, I love. But You're not getting the Michael harmonies. Mm -hmm. And according to Chris Gill, Alex is not playing drums on all those tracks. Really? That I didn't know. And I asked him which ones he goes, I don't know. But if you listen, you might be able to pick up on it. I mean, I have my. Guesses, but I, I, I guess, you know, people can listen and come to their own conclusion on that. And, you know, Eddie's playing bass on that album. So you're, you're missing a lot of that chemistry and lyrically it's not what people were expecting and you're also talking about 1998 was a different time you know we're, we're in that post grunge era and so I don't know even if they made an album that was the classic quote unquote sound how well it would have done but I, I think Without You is a great tune and again I'm glad Eddie did it and I think you know it was just something he wanted to he wanted to do
0: yeah, uh, he did it Without You is a great tune Firing the Hole is a great tune I was I always partial to what I want uh, I'm looking wants. forward. I'm looking forward to getting more Van Halen three on the show. We've only done two tracks, unfortunately. We downvoted both, but uh, there is some really good stuff on Van Halen. 3.
1: Every every band has that one album that didn't do so well. You know, I guess there's maybe a few exceptions here and there, but um, my God, look at the body of work there.
2: Exactly, and uh, hey, there it is. There's another vote uh for thumbs down. So suck it, sorry, cult of Mariano. I know. Uh, you, Cult you're not, of Mariano. Going, you're not gonna win. Um. <laughs> And of course you guys, you can find us at podcast. will rock on, on a uh, Twitter. Uh, be sure to go to our website and the podcast will rock.com. Check out our merch. We got merch and it's getting hot out there. Get you a tank, a Van Halen tank and show it off. Tell your friends like, and subscribe, help us uh, grow because we're not the only ones who are fans of Van Halen out there. Like there are, plenty of people out in the world that the world needs to know and the world needs to hear what we have to offer even if we're not experts but we had an expert here tonight so there (laughs) you take that for what it's worth you guys Uh, are
1: fans that's all that matters (laughs) yeah
2: you can find me at mark the bat on twitter and instagram and yell at me about all the things i said wrong and that's fine (laughs) because i thrive on it it's great but more than that we thrive on talking about van halen that's why we're here uh on behalf of eric and Corey and myself Thank you for joining us. This has been another installment of And the Podcast Will Rock, and we will rock you later. Oh, God!
3: <laughs> <laughs>